Looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dawaskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need with your host, Jeff Dawaskin. All right, Dante, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. You get us going every week. And here we are. Welcome, everyone, to episode 23 of The Jeff Dewaskin Show. I'm Jeff Dewaskin. And episode 23, 23 is a special number, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever just had to break a friend free from cell block AA23? We all been there, right? And here's some weird things. Charles Darwin's Origin of Species, published in 1859. One plus eight plus five plus nine, 23. There are 23 letters in the alphabet if you get rid of the ones that no one use. And my guest, Stacy Toy, on her Instagram, at Stacy Toy, has a link to a coupon for 23andMe, 30% off. 23, 23, 23, it's all coming together. The world, nay, 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 the universe has brought us together for this special episode 23 of The Jeff Dewaskin Show. And those of you who do tune in week after week after week after week, thank you very much for doing that. I appreciate it. Make sure also you're liking and subscribing on your favorite podcast channel, but also follow on Twitter at hashtag Roundup. Play the hashtag games so that your tweet can be the star of a future episode of The Jeff Dewaskin Show. Do that at hashtag Roundup. You'll love it. And of course, you can follow the show at Jeff Dwoskin Show on Twitter and also check out all the goodness at jeffisfunny.com. All past episodes, everything you need to know about the Jeff Dwoskin Show at jeffisfunny.com. Check it out. This week's sponsor of the Jeff Dwoskin Show are fly swatters. What's that buzz? Hey, sounds like you need a fly swatter. Got a fly problem? No problem. Get ahead of the problem with your very own fly swatter. Never has it been easier to swat flies. No more running around with a newspaper. No more messy chemical sprays. Use in the kitchen, the living room, during a debate, the office, the classroom, anywhere flies are found. That's right, fly swatters found conveniently everywhere. And also at our secondary sponsor, the Quick Stop Grocery Convenience Stores, promising to have fly swatters on hand for you. All right. Well, definitely get a fly swatter. Tell them Jeff Dewaskin sent you. It's important to support the sponsor. If you love the show, love my sponsors, please. Tell them Jeff Dewaskin sent you. It helps keep the lights on. And we've got lots of great guests coming up. We do. We got Carl Gottlieb. He wrote the movie Jaws and co-wrote The Jerk with Steve Martin. We got Bill Dwyer, hilarious comedian, shared tons of stories with us. We got Kelly Maroney from Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Night of the Comet coming. So many great shows coming up. So many. And here's a recap from last week's episode with Aaron Cummings. I know you listened, but during that episode, we talked about the Detroit Coney Dog Wars. That's Lafayette Coney Island versus American Coney Island. Aaron mentioned she was all in on American. I mentioned I've been a Lafayette person my whole life. Well, after the show, American Coney Island reached out to me, Grace, and she sent me an American Coney 
kit. And I made those conies. Oh, I made them. And I'm going to post a picture. It's It'll be at Jeff Tawaskin Show. You check it out. But I got that coney kit and I made them and I ate them and they were so delicious. So I'm officially converted to American Coney Island. Thank you, Grace. It was amazing. Everyone check out at American Coney Island. I'll put a link in the show notes. Get your own coney kit. This is just a, a mention out of love. They did not pay me to say this. This is pure love. All right. Thank you very much. All right. It's time for the social media tip. All right. I got one for you this week. It's pretty cool. Instagram. It's not so much a tip. It's more of just a really fun thing. Make sure you have the most recent version of Instagram downloaded on your phone. Then you just go to settings and you just kind of scroll down. You push down. And so that like uh, little stars start showing up and then you have all the different icons from when Instagram used to have a good icon, you know, the old camera and stuff. So you can change your icon on your phone. Nothing mind blowing, but I thought it was super cool. And the first thought I had was I'm going to share that on the Jeff Duoskin show. And here we are. And that's the social media too. And now it's time for my guest, Stacy Toy. She's been in the broadcasting industry for over 11 years and then redefined Hollywood and is making movies. And we're going to talk all about it. Here's my conversation with Stacy Toy. We are here with the COO of 258 Studios, Stacy Toy. Stacy. Welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. It's so great to have you here. So you've got a pretty cool background. Let's, you got a, a new a movie that's just finished, 100 Acres of Hell. It's it's out. It's, yeah. it's on Amazon, right? It's on Amazon, Voodoo, iTunes On Demand. Um, it's all over the place. It's on like 32 platforms. Yeah. And it, it played last a uh, couple weeks ago at in Times Square in New York City on the largest screen in the country. <laughs> that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So you of the many acres of hell you focus this movie focuses on the specific 100 acres. How did you pick those 100 acres? To- <laughs> well, I mean, it was like 7,000 miles of hell. Um, <laughs> um, not with the people. I mean, it was fun. And it was just I don't know, it was, it was a huge learning process for me because I got hired on the film to as a PR person. So uh, I had just left the news, live news broadcasting industry after like 11 years, and I was trying to go out on my own. And and so I got hired to do public relations because I that's the route I thought I was going to go. And after I have a natural curiosity, I ask a, a lot of questions sometimes. I just like to know how stuff works because I figure if I'm going to be there, might as well not waste the time because it's like, well, what are you doing? After all the questioning and stuff, it, it led to some people being let go. And then they came to me and were like, will you run the whole production set? And I'm like, you know, this is my first week on a film set. Like, I was very, very clear with that. And they're like, no, we know. But, you know, we've been in the industry for like 26 years. And obviously your questions like found a lot of stuff to come up. So we trust you and we'll work together. And so I was like, okay, well, I have an opportunity. And I figured if I skirt it up, then producing wasn't for me. In, in the meantime, and that was five years ago. So the film just came out in October, at the end of October for Halloween. And we got distribution and all that jazz. And it's, it's still doing really well. It's making like top 10 lists. It was on like the number five YouTube picks at one point, And it was also top 10 Brit flicks over in Britain. And so it's, it's all over the world and it's actually doing really well. So, and everybody still likes each other that work together, which is impressive too, because when you're in a film set for like 21 hours a day for like weeks on end, usually you hate each other, but we just get to the point of delirium and just start laughing. So. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. And I guess, yeah, well, not that the timing would be good with 
the pandemic, but with everyone having to stream. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, hey, well, you know, it worked, it worked out for 100 acres of hell. We filmed half of it at my house on my property here in Northeast Pennsylvania in the Pocono Mountains. It was really cool. One of the um, locations, like a few times, the locations just didn't work out like the night before. Like we literally had less than 12 hours and we're like, oh, no, the location's gone because of one thing or another. And so I was like, well, I, you know, my family has like, you know, 30 acres up here. You want to come up here? And it was like, yeah. So the whole, the whole team came up. It was pretty cool. It was interesting. My parents were like, okay, well, I, I mean, they, they're the ones who taught me when I was a kid, like, cause we grew up on a farm with, you know, not much. And they're like, you know, nobody's going to come and knock on your door here and the rural parts of Pennsylvania. So you got to go out and get it. And so to bring the whole production crew back with the celebrities and everything else and have them sitting in my living room and talking to my dad, scratching the dog is like, Oh, you know, full circle moment. <laughs> and your house is now officially 30 acres of the hundred acres. of house. There you go. <laughs> We're 30. I can't, I, the other 70, I might want to just forget about it. I don't know. <laughs> So if the, if, as the film grows and grows and grows in popularity, your house will be a tourist attraction. And here we have 30 of the 100 acres of hell, the Stacey Toy residence. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's funny because like, I have had a few like friends come and say, can you take me back? Because um, you can't see it from the road or anything. But so we take I take them back. And I'm like, and this is where the camp scene was. And this is where we're driving through. And then, oh, you remember this old truck? And that's where they're shooting the guns off. And you know, so that, oh, I know this place. Oh, I know this place. It's just, and my dad and my mom get a kick out of it too, because I mean, you know, Hollywood never comes to this part of the area. Clearly nothing does. <laughs> so. Well, that, but that's cool. You could do tours then. You could. Why not? <laughs> I'd never have privacy. <laughs> During COVID, it was the most amazing place. And everybody, I was like, you know, all the people that have told me that I had to leave and go to the big cities and stuff. I'm glad I did all of that. And we do have um, affiliate offices now. Our main office is in Scranton, in the Poconos, in Pennsylvania. But we have affiliate offices in Los Angeles, Atlanta, Orlando, and London. So to be home during COVID and still having all of the um, our offices and stuff built up and, and everybody still the ability to work, it was really cool. So I was always like taking Zoom calls in my on my back porch and you can see the pond behind me and I'm like, yep, life's good here. If you want to come over, you can social distance. <laughs> <laughs> social distancing in hell. It yeah. sounds great. It sounds yeah. great. Scranton, Scran, Pennsylvania. That's that's Home nice. Of the office. <laughs> Home of the office. But when I think of Scranton, Pennsylvania, I like not to date myself, but I like I think of the Harry Chapin song. <laughs> Thousand, 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 thousand pounds, thousand pounds Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's funny. Nobody has ever has made that reference in any of my interviews. So I'm impressed, man. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I like to go with it. I like to look for the other edges. <laughs> no, it's good. And they also did a, a documentary on reels that that channel reels on Gloria Stefan breaking her back in Scranton in an accident <laughs> because the whole bus like got into a big crash, I guess, in the in the late 80s or something or early 90s, and it was a big deal. And so they made a huge a whole documentary on it so that's our claim to fame right now <laughs> that's pretty cool that's it and the clintons because this is the home of hillary rodham clinton and joe biden and ironically joe biden grew up on the same street as the exorcist the priest from the exorcist so i mean <laughs> right away right, that's that 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 can't be a coincidence okay let's see what else um so tell me uh this is interesting so tell me about your london 2012 olympics experience tell me about that you covered the olympics um, you used to be a journalist journalist right 
I used to be in the live broadcasting news industry. I did go to school to be an on-air reporter, and I, I did do some reporting early on in my early 20s. But then I fell in love with behind the scenes and, and live news directing. But going to the Olympics, I was doing um, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. That's what I was hired to do in production. So whether, and it's funny because they have this joke, they always say there's no broads in broadcasting. It's kind of like an old thing. So I always like to not complain and bitch and, and you know, do all the stuff that most women do when you're working and pulling cables and in the dirt and in the rain. And I think that stuff's fun because, again, I grew up on a farm. So, like, I'm used to this stuff. This is my territory. In the Olympics, too, it's the one thing that nobody tells you is that everybody from all around the world is coming to one place, which means they're bringing all of their parasites and all of their germs and stuff with you. So in the midst of me trying to not be just abroad in broadcasting, I did get cut real bad on my knee. And I just threw duct tape over it. And kept going. <laughs> Didn't think I'd do <laughs> But when I came home, I started to get a rash all over my body and come to, it, it was like a flesh eating parasite that came. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff. A lot of my friends, they ended up with different things like scabies and parasites and different kinds of stuff. And so I did the Olympics once. I was really, really scared to death, to be honest with you, when I, when I did it, because working in the news industry, terrorists come from like Oxford and Cambridge, which means they don't have to get on a plane to do anything. They walk down the street and they like to target media. Obviously we have giant semi trucks at that, you know, I was the majority of the the stuff I did was down in um, more towards on, on the English channel for the sailing part of the Olympics, but it was still, it was still super cool and interesting and, and whatnot, but there's, downfalls to all of that stuff too. But it was fun. It was, you were the best of the best in the whole world. They did ask me to come back and do some stuff with uh, in Brazil and then in Russia. But I was cool at that point. And even just going to London was a big step for me because my husband passed away. I was 20, I was 28 uh, years old and my husband passed away. So he had died not even a full year after or right before the Olympics happened. He died on excuse me, on Veterans Day in uh, 2011. So I had two kids too. They were six and four years old. The whole idea was awesome that I was going to be able to go. But again, I didn't want to put myself into a situation that they were going to lose two parents or do something like that. Because my kids obviously meant ever like they do mean everything to me, but they had just lost their dad and they're just little kids. So um, my oldest at the time, he was he had just turned seven. And I said, I didn't know if I was going to go. And he goes, mom, my friend's parents always said they could have done this and they could have done that. But I want to say that my mom did do this. And I was like, okay. So I was like, that's okay. a good kid. I'm like, where, who, how did, okay. You know, cause he's like, I want you to go and I want a t-shirt. He goes, so. <laughs> that's all I want. He's like, I want a t-shirt. <laughs> There's always- I, got I was over there and you know, it was, it was cool, but you know, it's really funny how the things that you do or say or act and, and then your kids pick up on stuff like that. And they always saw me kind of inspiring other people and especially trying to help my husband because he died of, he had PTSD and depression and he died from an accidental heroin overdose. It was like after being in the Navy and all that stuff, like there's a lot of stuff and you think that you're like being a bad parent and you got to let people down and you got to do this. There was just a lot coming at me at that time at once. And so it was kind of, it was a breath of fresh air and it was really cool to be among the best of the best in broadcasting in that moment. But then it, it sucked because Murphy's Law should be my middle name um, when I came home and I got a flesh eating parasite, but we got over it. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I live. I live. We're good. I'm fully, fully, you know, it's not coming back. Well, that's good. Well, <clears throat> I'm glad you uh, survived the flesh eating parasite. You, you, you didn't paint it very good. You, you made it sound like well, it's, it's a shock that a pandemic took this long. <laughs> 
I tried to van, especially judging the Olympics. And like you saw like how in Brazil they were doing all the news coverage about how the oceans are so polluted and the water sources down there were so polluted and stuff. And I mean, I've been to Haiti. I, I did. I, I've gone to a bunch of third world countries to film and I've seen an awful, awful lot of things. I mean, this took us down. Really? <laughs> <laughs> You'd think it would be like they put so much time and energy and to cleaning the area, right? And building it up and like, cause they have to like meet some standards. You can't just yeah. throw up at an Olympics, right? <laughs> well, no, yeah, it takes years and years. And it was, in London was the same way, but uh, Meredith Vieira, she was the one from The View. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. ended up putting her hand in the Tams and had a cut on it and she got the same flesh eating parasite as I did. And you can look that up. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, I guess if I'm going to get one, get the same one as the celebrity, right? Cause, right, right, right. If you're going to... All the best people are getting flesh eating. (laughs) (laughs) I'm grateful. I really am. I'm truly grateful for the experience. But one and done, man. I'm good. I saw it. I'm good. (laughs) Did you meet any any cool athletes? Are you into taking pictures with like folks like that? Like, or is it like you see so many you don't even care? Point in time, I see so many that like I'm friends with a lot of celebrities. I I mean, I my roommate out in L.A. is the lead actress from Clerks, Veronica Marilyn Gigliotti. Yes. my other business partners, Ernie O'Donnell from Clark's Rick Darius and Chasing Amy and Jersey Girl and all that stuff. Um, and obviously we work do stuff for Kevin Smith and the Fused Q Universe and Comic Book Men. And I mean, yeah, I've been working with a whole bunch of celebrities and stuff now. So you do realize that they're just like you. They shit just like you. In fact, a lot of them worse, especially on 100 Acres of Hell, because there's big, huge wrestlers. And like Gene, I love Gene Snitsky. He's a WWE superstar. He's also the star from 100 Acres of Hell. But filming... He was he was doing his protein intakes and like I, I know Ernie O'Donnell has talked about being stuck in the car filming with the windows up and it being hot and then Gene lets one of these protein farts rip. Man, like <laughs> right you live. Like it's just again, you see this side of stuff and it's it, to me it's funny. Um, if you can't laugh at a fart joke, then like I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> They're the best jokes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they are. I know. And you know what? I went to Oxford and Harvard, Amazon and Parliament, and all that crap too. So don't think it's like oh snooty tooty. No, like that's funny. It is funny. I mean, in the right time, of course. Like I never tell a fart joke in Parliament. Well, maybe depending on you know the situation. We'll see. <laughs> I did not go to Harvard. I did not go to Oxford. <laughs> I, used a, I used an Oxford <laughs> comma once. I did that. I was a. Uh, <laughs> just once. <laughs> well, so t- tell me about. Um, I did Kevin Smith. He's uh, so. T- what what have, what have you done? You've been on Comic Book Man. I saw that. So what what have you done in that world? Well, like I said, I live with Marilyn. Right, um, right. Ryan O'Halloran lives about ten or fifteen minutes from me, away from me. I've you know worked with him on conventions around the area over the last like six or seven years. Ernie, I were, I'm doing a lot of stuff with Ernie O'Donnell coming up and some different things with the view and for the view skew universe. That I can't really even discuss top secret top secret. We'll cover that in a future episode. Yes, of course. <laughs> I wish I could tell you because it is so exciting and I'm not going to keep it secrets. <laughs> as, as long as it's not another Jay and Silent Bob reboot, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> Um, but no, they have a lot of stuff in store. There's a lot of stuff coming up in the next few months. And clearly Ernie's been building the Smod Castle in in New Jersey, which is going to become an event space where then they're going to have podcasting and, you know, different events, live events uh, with Kevin and stuff like that. And that it's in New Jersey. And you can find that and their updates and see all the stuff that they're doing inside and have Ernie tell you and teach you all that stuff on YouTube. And that's, and Kevin always shares all that stuff too, to see the updates on that. So that I know is exciting and you can see 
see the updates uh, online with all that stuff. But the other stuff, you'll find out at the end of the year and it'll be so freaking cool. You'll be so excited. <laughs> I can't wait. But the clock starts now. You heard it here first on the Jeff Dwoskin show. <laughs> Get ready for the upcoming few of the end of the year. But, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt, too, because the election's coming up, which means probably, well, and people obviously invested into the vaccine for COVID, which is supposed to come out in like November. So like. Sure, just the day before the election, here. I believe. Yeah, I'm just going to project <laughs> that there's another wave of COVID probably just to make it coincide. I don't know. That's just, there's a lot going on with all that stuff. So as far as that stuff doesn't screw timing up because anything could at this point when it comes to that stuff, then we'll see. Because filming right now sucks. Um, you have to take COVID tests. Uh, the union requires them three days before even being on set, which is like a very strange thing, especially when it takes usually five to seven days to get them back. But that's the rules. A lot of people are just putting, getting put together in pods or separate rooms or holding areas. There's a lot more that goes into it now. Even just scripts, I know you're not allowed to have the same, use the same script twice. So people read a script, you're probably gonna have to drop off 50 copies now, which again is all money coming out of the budget. And you got to pay for COVID tests now and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of stuff gets um, thrown wrenches in the works because more money and you need this and you weren't really planning for that. So we'll see. <laughs> My only view askew connection is I, and I talked about this in, a, in another episode, but like they were starting to film movies in, in Michigan with, cause they had these incentives mm -hmm. and Jason Muse had a movie. And so I went and so they had all the, the local comics go in. I know you didn't mention Jason, but, but it's the closest I got. And like, I don't think they ever made the movie or anything. And I had no idea what I was doing. It was the, it was the wor worst experience ever. I didn't even sign the release because God forbid they had the footage of me screwing up. It was the worst. And wow. I got a call back. And like I went in like originally with it was like, I guess like this guy who wears like a sweater and was kind of like had some swag to him. And mm -hmm. then I get a call back. We want you to come back. I'm like, what? It was the worst, right? They're like nerdy TSA agent, right? And I'm like, what? And my wife's laughing at me, but then laughed even harder when I opened it to read it. And it said, super nerdy TSA agent. Ah, <laughs> I was just like, I'm not doing this. And I went, they, you could tell they were trying to get something out of me, but I had no idea what to do. I'd never even done anything. But like, I actually read the script on an earlier episode. I found it. I found the actual script. Nice. That's <laughs> but that's all. That's all I got. It's funny because um, I remember just the one time me and Ernie O'Donnell were driving down in Los Angeles. It was we were just driving maybe a year or two ago. Jamie's was was with his daughter walking down the street and he just stopped real quick and he's like, yo. And then the, Jamie just like pops his head in and stuff. Um, I mean, all of those guys are, are super cool, but definitely the comic book men. I love them the most. Mike Sapsik and Ming Chen are the best. I, I actually went to meet with Ernie O'Donnell and Mike Sapsik. I saw Walt Flanagan and all of them because I spent my 37th birthday in the one place where 37 means something. And that mm -hmm. was bank at the stash with my friends. And they took me out to lunch and, 37 is a reference to clerks. If sure, sure. You know that. Uh, <laughs> so it was so cool. And then my roommate, Marilyn Gigliotti, the one who's who, who's known for the actual line for the 37, the reason for the 37. Um, and she sent me like a special 37 birthday meme that she made for me. And I posted it all on Facebook and stuff because I'm like, this is so cool. I'm like, these are the people who taught me how to curse when I was a kid. Um, I remember going over to my friend's house and we were watching clerks like on a VHS tape when I was like 12 in the basement. And it was so funny. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, the people who taught me how to curse are now the ones that I'm like living with, working with. And, and it's so funny because I don't know. Life's got a crazy way of coming around, man. <laughs> That's awesome. My brother-in-law uh, has a 
clerk's poster in his office. It's signed by, I think, most of the cast. So it's, that's pretty I have cool. A, I have a script, an original script, and the cast signed it for me. They gave it to me like three or four years ago, and now it's like on my wall in the office. We had a special thing made up for it because it's all them. And I, I told them to sign. They, I had them put my name on it because they were all like, oh, you're not supposed to put your name on things like this that you sign. I'm like, I'm not selling this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, right, right, right. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the second they write to Stacy, forget it. It goes down like you know, right? It's worthless. Out. Yeah, unless you can sell it to a Stacy. That <laughs> also spells their name with an E. <laughs> but I mean, like, I figure right. at this point, I am not going to sell this because these are my friends. But if my kids want to, everybody's probably going to be dead. So <laughs> maybe then right. it might be worth something. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. So and a quick autograph lesson there. What else we got? What else? What are you working on anything now? Any any big any movies in your backyard you're filming now? <laughs> Surprisingly, we've been slowly working on a documentary with uh, he's been dubbed the future of blues. Clarence Beatty's Grammy nominated blues artist uh, for the last 35 to 40 years. He's played guitar with everybody from B.B. King to Eric Clapton. He used to open up for the Supremes, Temptations, you know, played unbelievable. But he was also a heroin addict for in most of his career, like 35, 40 years. And he ended up losing his son last year to an overdose. So then Hi. he got himself clean. And so he's been clean now for a long time, but he's getting his career back. And we're just telling his story just because of the opioid epidemic. Clearly, I have a background with that as well. Being at Oxford, I was a huge opioid addict. I was taking between 70 and 100 Vicodin a day back then. It was a long fall from the top. <laughs> it was very difficult, but I'll be clean. In 17 years, the end of next month. So, kudos. 20 years later. Because it wasn't on Facebook, though, it doesn't have the same, you know, like, <laughs> oh, you weren't that bad. Cause, like, you know, I'm like, but anyways, um, and besides that, in a week or a week and a half or so, we're going to be filming um, with Heidi Jermaine Schnappoff, who's one of my best friends. She is the lead stunt double for Jamie Alexander on Blindspot. She's been on shows as a stunt woman, like the lead stuff on like Blue Bloods, The Blacklist, Orange is the New Black, Walking Dead. She's done everything. And so she lives in the Poconos here too. And so we're all getting together. Um, we have to take COVID tests, clearly, because the union. And we're going to film, hopefully, if every Everyone passes the following few days after that. So I'm excited to kind of start to finally get back to a normal, if you will. Uh, I said air quotes normal, <laughs> just because who knows what that's going to be like. I know they're not going to have 300 people on a set anymore. That's just those days are gone <laughs> for a while, at least. You're like, this is nothing. I I, I went to the, the London and I got a flesh eating virus. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm on a farm. Are you kidding me? Like my <laughs> memories are like my parents fighting it on if I should get a tetanus shot or not, because they don't remember the last time I did. And the, the horse bit me and I walked headfirst into the electric fence and the ghost ate all my clothes. I mean, oh God, I just low. I didn't even see the ocean until I was 15 years old. So <laughs> you have to like feed the animals on Christmas, you know, when you open your presents and it's like, it's just not, it just doesn't have the same effect, you know, as like most people, but it's like, oh yeah, it's so great to have all this stuff. And then yeah, it's, it's work. So I just have a, a little Yorkie right now. That's it. Not even a goldfish. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I have kids, a Maltese. I love that. They're so yeah. fun. Um, my kids had last year we did chickens and stuff, but they quickly saw uh, how roosters get real nasty. And so this year we decided not to. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, you can't trust a rooster. Or the new way of doing math. You can't trust either of those things. No, no. <laughs> What's wrong with the old math, right? I mean, no, right? And why can't they teach kids how to do taxes? Like, that's something that they should know. 
Yeah, and let them use a calculator. I mean, it's like big, not like this, you know, as big as like your head because you're going to have to do all that special stuff that like trigonometry that I've never used. And the the probability and statistics, like I'm sure I probably and statistically use all of that stuff, but I doubt I do because nine times out of 10, a lot of my decisions aren't always the best too. When it comes to things, I think I have a good gut feeling and then I, you know, I usually end up getting screwed over in the end or whatever, but that's becoming less and less and less as time goes on because I am starting to learn. So I guess with age comes more wisdom. <laughs> yes. More wisdom Experience. for sure. For sure. So do you, I know you produce a lot acting do you i know you've shown up in places as yourself how do you balance that do you do do you like to act i hate being on like the tv and all that stuff but i'm never be the star of something so like even in comic book man or viva la bam and stuff like i'm in the audience i'm i'm with other people i was an extra on there filming that is not my forte being a producer is because i'm not creative when it comes to like the creative stuff. I'm creative business more on the business okay. of things. I like I learn how things work and then like I find the loopholes and then I find how you could do this or do this. Like and then I'm always the one on the phones with the attorneys all the time and making sure that the insurances are up, contracts are together and the travel arrangements are put there and making sure people eat on time or everybody's having a safe time on set. I'm the mom. <laughs> That's what a producer <laughs> is, is a mother basically for the entire crew. If something goes wrong, you gotta make the calls to fix it. A, B, C, D, and E in your back of your mind because you're going to go through all of them and a whole nother alphabet <laughs> before everything finally gets done. It's fun and it's exciting. So you, do, you, you hate you it do at it. certain points, right. but yeah, jack of all trades, master of none. That's for sure. <laughs> so you do everything that nobody appreciates until after. The, yeah, all the, well, all the little nitpick details, all the little nitpick details, like, why, why, yeah, yeah. And then later it's like, oh, okay. I don't even know like half the stuff that, I do too, because you just have to do it. And that's your role as a producer and they're not in the room or in whatever, but that's okay. The main goal is to get it to where it needs to be. And that's why producers make a lot of money too, doing it because it's a tough job and you got to keep your eyes out and open and for everything at every point in time, because everything's a liability. And if somebody gets hurt, then you don't want anybody to sue you and you don't want them to, to be hurt. You have to fix it. There's just all that fun stuff in it. But if you keep eyes and ears open all the time, then hopefully you don't have to worry about that stuff and you can kind of enjoy what you do. <laughs> right. And if you ask enough questions, one day you can be a producer, just like Stacy Toy. Uh, yeah. And if you do, that's awesome. Really, seriously, it is awesome because I have no idea how in the hell, like, I, I did not plan this at all. Trust me. I didn't even know what a producer was. My business partner now, Mark Denenbaum, he worked out in Los Angeles. He was on the production on the first two seasons of like Sons of Anarchy, House 24, Elementary, Scrubs, like all these huge shows and movies. And he came back here and started 25-8 Studios, which is what I'm the COO of now and producer at uh, for the last five. So 25-8 Studios has been in existence now for 10 years as of last month. Yeah, I'm really excited. But we all kind of got together because yeah, everybody from around here said that we had to leave. And so we all left, but it's like, let's come back and build something so that we have it here now and and other people can learn from us and we can do what we love and still be home in the same place that we love to live in and be with around our families and things like that. So <laughs> that's great. They, I agree. You know, everyone just bring it back to Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hanging with me. This was fun. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. This yeah. Was man <laughs> how can people keep up uh 25 8 have a website would you uh, do you have a twitter a gram do you have what do you got what do you got 
We don't do Twitter that much. Like, I don't know. I just can't get into it. But yes, 258studios.com. The numbers 258studios.com uh, is our website. And you can find us at and spelled out 258studios on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm at Stacy Toy on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And that's S-T-A-C-E-Y-T-O-Y. If you miss the E, then my cousin will get it on the other side of the country and I won't get it for six months. So... <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but it's like, that's just how it works. So don't forget the E. (laughs) I'll put it on the show notes and all you have to do is click, everybody. Just click. And I'll work with you uh, to help you with the Twitter stuff. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you spending time with me. And we'll have you back again to reveal the big view askew thing that you're working on. Bring the entire cast of Clerks. A few on here for you. But, you know, we'll Stacey see. is just committed to the entire cast of Clerks. So we're going to look forward to that. See my face. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. All right. That was so fun. Stacy Toy is so awesome. Can't thank her enough for joining me. Just shows you everybody. Be curious. Be great. Ask a lot of questions and things will open up for you. Stacy is making things happen. Check out her movie, 100 Acres of Hell, streaming everywhere. Check it out. You got to do it. When you bump into her one day, you'll be like, hey, hey, I saw that movie you shot in your backyard. That was so cool. And then you'll be like, best buds. It'll be great. It'll be great. You know what else is great? All these hashtags from Hashtag Roundup. That's right. Follow at Hashtag Roundup. Play the games. And one of your tweets might show up on the Jeff Jawaskin Show. Okay. Picked a hashtag. Thought was relevant for today's conversation. Hashtag Yelp Reviews in Hell. (laughs) These are Yelp Reviews of Hell. Not specifically the 100 Acres of Hell that Stacy focused on in her movie. This is just general Yelp reviews one might have made while in hell part of the hashtag you're it game on hashtag roundup all right you ready hashtag yelp reviews in hell wait a minute the devil was in gucci not prada (laughs) when they said you'd see everyone from dc i thought they meant the comics if you don't like politics you'll hate it here so many congressmen that's a yelp review i would not have expected a snowball doesn't have a chance here Again, hashtag Yelp reviews in hell. One star. Everything's hot except the coffee. Only water in the ice machine. One star. The kids are actually really well behaved. Not like Denny's or IHOP. All right. Finally, an upside to hell. Positive review. I give hell 4.5 stars. They need to quit playing highway to hell every 10 minutes to get me back to a five. Oh, boy. The lava shower burnt my skin off. Highly don't recommend. It. One star. The proprietor is mean as hell. Of course, it's the devil. All right. Well, those are some Yelp reviews in hell. Pretty, pretty much what I would have expected. All right. And as always, you can find these tweets retweeted at Jeff Dwoskin Show and also listed in the notes. Follow these funny tweeters and give them a retweet as well. Show them you love them. Say congrats for making it on the Jeff Dwoskin Show. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe we're at the end of another episode. Thank you for joining me for episode 23 of the Jeff Duoskin Show. It was great having you. It was great having Stacy Toy. Please subscribe and like at your favorite podcast place, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever is your thing. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just asking, pleading. Please do it. Tell all your friends as well and your family. 
whoever's standing right next to you right now, just go, excuse me, have you, even if you're on the bus, just go, excuse me, I notice you might need something to do. Perhaps you should check out the Jeff Duoskin show. I think you'll enjoy it. I do. Anyway, that's your script. You can adjust the script as you feel fit. Anyway, that's it. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week and 23's can do. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at thejeffdwoskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show. And we'll see you next time.